0: Alright, welcome to episode two of an unnamed podcast, just yet. Uh, I want to start off, and obviously my name is Giovanni, Antonio Giovanni, and here with my good friend Matt Wilson. Uh, And I wanted to start off with a very short allegory or story, perhaps. Uh, Just something that popped into my head today. I'm walking down the street, and there's a certain area that's fenced off there's a little bit of grass behind it And what's, what was really the most interesting part was a tree that's growing right behind the fence And most likely the tree existed before the fence existed And uh, and the fence, you know, is seen as like a barrier, something stopping other things from going over it, going through it It's It's there to stop something That's what a fence is, a barrier uh but what does the tree do? The tree doesn't just stop growing. The tree doesn't just say, "Oh, fuck it, guys. They got me. They put me around a fence." The tree grows through the damn fence. It grows around the fence. And it keeps growing regardless of if there's a fence or not. And that's something that for me myself and and maybe anybody's listening can relate that just being persistent and being tenacious it's very tough, and even when you're at the lowest points, I always like to think of something like that, where the tree, uh, the, you know, growing around and in between the fence where it can find space, and before long, the tree will actually engulf the fence, and you won't even see the fence anymore. So that's just, that's just uh, a little story, Matt, I wanted to share with you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. The- no, it's always nice to be able to see look at nature to to so many examples so many lessons and when you just observe that and um, yeah Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things you could take away from that in addition to what you said I mean just the fact that a tree you know manages to make do with its own you know circumstances it ends up you know figuring out a way to do it so um, yeah that's really cool to see that you know because we're always
0: going to be bumping into these challenges and and this is just something I want to stress about as we continue talking, and, and just let people know that we're we're stressed. Everybody's stressed. There's pro- there's fences everywhere, and there's trees everywhere trying to grow. And you're not alone. And you know, in the end, we got to just keep growing through those fences because there's gonna be some more fences, and uh, it's just what we got to do.
1: Well, for sure, that's a nice little you know little little bit there at the beginning. Then just a little observation from the day. Uh, next time, I'll come prepared with one myself. I, I ain't got nothing deep like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want well, to talk what do we about today talk
0: about today? Yeah, what's going on, Matt? I think I think first we can uh, we can touch on uh, this idea of being real, being real, being present. and what you know to you, if I said, Matt, keep it real, let's keep it real right now. What are some things you start to think about?
1: Keeping it real when keeping it real goes right, um, you know I think the main thing that comes <laughs> yeah. to my mind is keep it. is presence for sure and i know that's mm-hmm. something we'll, we'll obviously dive into more but that was definitely a game changer for me because that really opened my eyes in terms of what reality is and what it isn't so being present um absolutely and then being real i'm sure there's there's other ways you could go about it in terms of being authentic being genuine mm-hmm. to yourself right um maybe truthful having alignment yeah truthful or just being in alignment both internally and externally like uh having alignment in your thoughts mm-hmm. words and actions um, so those are just a right. few things that come to my mind.
0: Right? Yeah, I really dig alignment because it doesn't mean that everything has to be the same, but they're they're working together. We're aligned. We're being congruent, you know. And I think uh, I think the same for being real is to me. Well, I guess I guess being present, being real, is being very present. But then, like present, would be the top one. Then you would be real, and then you would be authentic. Like, and if when you're authentic, when you're congruent, when your your thoughts and actions, like you're saying, are lining up, then we can start to be real. And when we start to be real, we can start to observe what's happening, and we can start to be present because we're bringing our attention there. How
1: we're thinking is how we're acting, how we're observing. Mm-hmm. For sure, it's definitely there's layers to it, and I think when it comes to the. The, probably the strongest foundation, I, I would say it's to start with uh, the the presence. Doing that is something mm-hmm. that is very s- simple to do, but also extremely hard to do for a variety of reasons with conditioning right. and how we're sort of raised and how we think about what our thoughts are and feelings. Um, but when you are able to do that, even for a moment, I think that's an extremely strong foundation. And that's why when you and I were talking about well, we, what we want to maybe cover you know, in this episode, uh, we mm-hmm. kept coming back to being present equals being real, or some form, uh, some variation of that, because it is such a core and foundational topic that really is an underpinning for everything.
0: Yeah, and in that perspective, I would, I would, uh, you know, we could talk about presence a little bit, and and I think presence would be not just uh, oh, this is something I thought about earlier today too, man. Mm-hmm. There is sight and vision right everyone who opens their eyes has sight let's let's say there's disabilities some people might but when you open your eyes light is going into your eyes it takes nothing you're 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 automatically going to receive light into your eyes that's sight but vision is mm-hmm. is a skill vision is a gift and it's seeing through what is there so sight is just automatic you know someone existing a body someone being in the reality is automatic but that doesn't mean th- they might be present and we could be living in an automatic way in a, in a kind of uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk now about like programming or just uh, damn, like robotic way, you know, like a, well, dr- uh, what do they call it? The beat? Not like a, like a drone. Yeah. A drone, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, but if we can switch that, if we can, instead of switching something off, we're switching presence on, now we're engaging, we can start to see details and things, or we can start to, you know, when I'm present in a space, I like to just look around and see what's happening, or see how people are talking with each other, or look at, I mean, for me, I like buildings and design and stuff, so I'm also looking at the building itself, but being aware of the details around you is also kind of being present.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%, that's definitely the case, and I like your analogy with sight versus vision, because just like how I, every you know most people have sight, vision is something mm-hmm. that you couldn't ob- an outsider couldn't observe in another person. You you wouldn't be able to tell if that person is really is just Good sight Good or if they really have the vision. And that's the same case with presence. Um, if I were to look at someone just staring out into the distance, I wouldn't I would think oh they're you know just thinking about something or just kind of wandering around. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know, but maybe that person is extremely present, observing little details, just taking things all in. So. Again, it's something that is very hard to observe. Um, And you might think you're being present, but you're, you know, really not or vice versa. So,
0: yeah. And I think a thing about, well, you kind of mentioned gazing off in the distance, you know, and something that when I really understood presence, uh, one of my great mentors, Sal Chaudhary said, everybody's out here texting on the phone. And he said, you know, one of the worst things he ever saw was, was two people. Walking down school, you know, in a certain portion of the college. And they're holding hands together. They're walking together. It's a couple. But they're both texting with the other hand. <laughs> and he's like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, like, he's like, look, everybody wants to be somewhere else. I, I'm on, you know, I just started this Instagram account. And I can see how easy it is to want to be somewhere else. I want to be over where that guy's having fun. I want to be in Paris. I want to be on the damn beach. I want to be, you know, in Nigeria where there's a cool building. Ha- like, But if we're always wanting to be somewhere else, we're always wanting to do something and be someone we're not, then then it's hard for us to really be present and enjoy what where we are at. Like, holy shit, I don't want to be at the beach
1: because I want to be right here because that's where I am. That's being present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something you know. we should definitely talk about too, especially in this day and age, why being present is extremely hard to do and yeah, technology, social media, mm-hmm. social mm-hmm. conditioning, all of that goes against in- encourages you to not be present, so it's it's harder than probably right. ever, although I'm sure it's always been hard for humans to be present. Um, yeah,
0: and I want to I want to make a devil's advocacy cuz I thought about this too. You're right. Now it's it's we're scattered around, there's so much to look at. But then and we're and we're talking about presence as as this uh, you know a, th- a noble attribute basically. And I wanna I wanna ask both of us just as a devil's advocate, Matt. Let's say back in the farm days, where the guy you know someone's whole life was someone's whole day was literally being on a farm. That person could have been extremely present. They didn't have anything else to do, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. They didn't. There was there was the animals and there was that. So. I guess, so, is that, yeah, do we lose a skill, or do we, you know, do we lose something by making our lives more rich with different ideas and things that we can get into, and images of other places, or, or are we hurting ourselves by having this, or is it something altogether different, you know, like, the farmer was super present, but we would say, I guess, I guess this is, like, bad to do, too, and to look back on the time and apply our current view onto an older view,
1: you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, the farming, you know, in the grand scheme of things, the farmer, you know, wasn't that, that too long ago. And I would think, um, you mm-hmm. know, there are other things to make you avoid being present i mean maybe the farmer was so busy worrying about the the, the yield for next year or you know the kids were going right. to be good Reading or if they'll the be fed about other things right yeah, so, yeah, so there yeah, are many that's true. things that's true um but again I, I hear what you're saying i think in general though it, without the technology and all that it, it may have been easier too but i do think so it was just a human innate human thing where you identify right, right, with your exactly. emotions and your thoughts too much worrying about the past or pr- and future and Mm-hmm. Um, that's been and a yeah
0: or like worrying about gossip like other all this other stuff mm-hmm. i think i think that's more the point is that so then the issue is something that's happening throughout time and even if it's more difficult or not now it's happening throughout time it's just a continuing thing that we should battle you know that we should we should worry about being present and because you're right i didn't think about those scenarios but the farmer just because he had less things to do doesn't mean he didn't fill up that time with other stuff that could have been equally bullshit to the stuff we fill up our time with
1: right and but then again you know it may be whether or not it's you know more difficult or not you know not to comp- it's about comparing not about comparing eras but i think regardless right, it's still right. extremely difficult um it is it's super difficult age, um no matter what whether it was more difficult or not up for debate but regardless i think there's a clear right. uh need um to uh to spread presence and have people ex- experience it directly Um, Because there's so many troubles that can be resolved, so many that can be resolved through presence. And maybe that's something we can dive into as well, along with uh, the benefits and the how behind it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, for me, you know, I think the benefit of being present is being real. And I I think presence, reality, and, and like, if we're discussing things that I, this is, I'm already like, I'm already, like, stabbing myself in the foot here. Yeah. Well, if we're discussing things that aren't real, well, then that's called imagining, <laughs> I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. But, but let's say we're discussing things that aren't going to affect our reality that, you know, we're, we're talking about this person or that person or we have this other, this, you know, there's all things like different things with politics or whatever, but if we can focus on the things that matter to, to what we're gonna be up to, you know, things that like, how am I doing? How is my how are my thoughts right now? How how is you know? Is do I need more sleep nowadays? I'm I'm checking in with myself, checking in with my friends. Hey, what's going on? Are we all good in my neighborhood? Even you know, you could extend up the levels, and um, uh, and and like bringing our awareness to where we are now. And I know as a young kid, I used to always have this problem where I wanted to be always wanted to be somewhere else and I, and I found, I found very little joy where I was, and, and that, and that's why I was always trying to be, imagine being somewhere else, or leaving, or I even imagine leaving the planet, and I even imagine, like, you know, I, I felt like I was just so much different from everybody, that it was hard to be in that present moment, or not in the present moment, but I guess in the present, like, your field of vision, like, like yeah, like not just the f- but also like the present kind of spirit that everybody has mm. because I felt so different. It was hard for me to be in that in that same spirit with them. Uh and I always wished I was somewhere else because not not because I hated my environment, you know, it was def- it, it was what it was, but I just always felt like I belonged somewhere else. And then I realized that that was kind of a programming either I put on myself or someone else put me- on me to stop my energy from being here and when we're present and when we can un- and when we can enjoy the moments that we're in now then we could start to bring our energy also into those moments and use that energy and it was being I was being my energy was being divided because I wanted to be in this dimension or I want to be in that reality I didn't want to be on this planet I want to be on another planet I didn't want to talk to these people I wanted to talk to people that you know and I always and I was always dividing my energy and I and You know, another mentor of mine had presented this to me in general, not me, not to me personally. And I was like, wow, I need to anchor myself here. I need to want to be here. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, and I think there's a good amount of people, especially in the youth now, who are so different and their DNA is literally much more advanced than their parents. And they feel like they don't want to be here and and i just want to say let's be here let's let's practice being here let's want to be here even if we're really advanced we should want to be here cuz we we decided to come here too mhm so that kind of wanting to be in the situation we are enjoying even the pain part of it but the good parts hopefully that's you know that's kind of where i'm where we're getting at with presence right are you thinking along those same lines like in wanting to be where we are
1: yeah, that's, that's certainly the case uh, for me as well. And I'd say my kind of exposure or background on it is, one is that I've always been a, a thinker, um, always mm-hmm. thinking a lot, you know, even to the point of overthinking, whether it's good things or bad right. things, very much a sp- person who's in my head. Um, and that was something that, you know, I I have a lot of appreciation for. It's, you know, helped me with my kind of own creativity, mm-hmm. imagination and Definitely. other things. But it's also had its drawbacks, like anything, and that includes not being maybe not having a bias towards taking action or being focused, Mm -hmm. um, getting distracted. Um, You know, just like your energy, my focus and intention would be splintered, and um, Mm. you know that that ended up causing some suffering too. And then also on top of that, and this is something that you know not unique to me by any means, but uh, you know being too identified with emotions or thoughts, thinking you are your thoughts, you are your emotions. were all sorts of things going on, and you know what? I ended up coming across some online mentors, which then, including a, a person I met abroad in Thailand, who put me onto this book called *The Power of Now* by Eckhart Tolle, mm-hmm. and that was a really good book that sort of opened my eyes in terms of presence. Um, you know, whether or not you agree with like any of the, the the full spiritual stuff or anything, that it, it, it's very practical, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what I got drawn to. I'm, I'm certainly. Consider myself a spiritual person, but what really kind of stuck out to that's me cool. was the the very practical benefits of being present. Um, that includes right, right. single tasking instead of multitasking, so just putting all of your efforts on yes. one thing at a time. Realizing mm-hmm. the past and future don't really exist in the way that you know we we tend to think it does. You know, really, the only thing that ever exists is the moment right now, and that's all we got. Yeah, that's all you got, and that can be a very liberating thing because then. You know, when I realized that Yeah, I want
0: to actually break that down for a second. Mm-hmm. Can sure. we take a pause? Yeah. When you realize that the present moment, because you bring up a good, a really good point and just, this is a super simple realization that I had to figure this out. No one told me this shit and I wish someone did, but you know, you mentioned a very, it's kind of an esoteric idea. All we have is now. It sounds like a slogan, you know, mm-hmm. all you got is right now. Live the moment. The power of now. Let, let, yeah. The power of now, you know, but let's think about it like this. If we have every time we open our eyes, we're seeing things, right? And we have that that moment that we can see. Now, hypothetically, there's a moment we're going to see, and in our minds, mentathetically, which isn't, mm-hmm. which maybe isn't a word, we have the images that we used to see. But at any given that there is only that cut of the line of when we're seeing things right now. And it's either falling to the past, or there's the potential that we can expect, which is falling to the future. But none of those actually exist. There's only the the single instance of time that we're looking at, or not time, we're looking at the reality that's passing by. And it, it was put really well by Marcus Aurelius, who says, Time is like a river, and when you look at it, you're getting one image of how that water looks right at that moment. But... In the next moment, more water will come and replace the water that was there, and you're going to see a new image. But altogether, it's in this construct of a river. Mm. So we can focus on that moment that we have. the the right The presence is what we're receiving right now, and what I'm receiving is there's a sweet ass lightning storm outside my window. <laughs> <laughs> <that> I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm trying to look at. So so back to your point, you know, when you were realizing this and you were talking about Eckhart Tolle.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, exactly. It was uh, realizing, really understanding that the present moment is all, all we ever have, um, was mm-hmm. a big game changer. And as I started practicing meditation, I also had some other experiences, um, like the psychedelics and all that, that, you know, really got me to mm-hmm. experience some of that directly. But even with meditation, like getting glimpses of deep presence was, you know, it, it was kind of like intoxicating in a way. It was, it was surreal. Like it was, uh, you know, being able to just breathe really feel my body, like just really feel like the different sensations, taking things in. And it just, you know, I almost, I never saw myself in a mirror, but I'd almost imagine my pupils like dilated, um, you know, in some of those deep Mm. present moments and really just being able to feel that and, you know, realize that uh, that that's all that really is, was pretty powerful. Because I remember I would have some moments where all I'm doing is staring at like a blank wall and I'm feeling so happy and content Mm -hmm. Uh, without any external Mm, stimulus when I was on a roll with that you know and it's super hard not easy for me to do by any means but it was just pretty powerful to see that and then when I was able to start doing that outside of meditation or set meditation sessions you know even on the just Mm -hmm. walking down the street or on the drive just paying a little more attention to things you know even if it's just for a few seconds and doing that more Mm -hmm. often it was pretty powerful and um, and then like I said when it comes to productivity um when I'm really present right. that's where you know my productivity goes through the roof because then I'm single tasking exactly. I'm not ruminating exactly. over anything all I'm doing is taking the next step you know that I have planned out mm-hmm. and I'm just walking and moving towards whatever you know objective that I have and there there's sort right. of a nice peaceful kind of calm that comes with that uh, steady energy I think um when you're able yeah, to be present Yeah I think
0: being present is definitely steady and it's definitely a smooth and I think the point of getting to a present getting to that uh, appreciation or being able to feel present is so that we can be on a steady and smooth path. If we're imagining, that can be good too. And if we're reflecting, which is the past, that could be good too for certain things. But those are all very sharp and very jagged, Mm. you know, and they can go up and down and and up and down. Highs and lows. And where we want to stay is in the middle ground. Uh, I, You know, I think it's great to go and check those spots out. But when we're staying in the middle ground, we're going to walk farther. We're going to be less tired, consistent, you know, and we're going to be consistent. And uh, and I think that's what being present is about. It's not that you always have to do it forever and ever. I mean, it should be something that's always there. But when you it it is to get us to a consistent, calm, level headed approach to something. And then when we are present, we can react in a calm way, in a in a level headed way.
1: Yeah, and then the other thing too, on top of that, uh, completely agree. Is um, and I mentioned it before too, but when you when you are really present, then that starts leading you to mm-hmm. being like, all right, well, what what is it that I'm observing? Um, almost like who am I or who am I not? And when when you're really mm-hmm. present, then you almost observe the emotions. You know, if you're feeling sad, angry, happy, you see it. You kind of just see it. You know, as an as another from another perspective, um, and then yeah, it sort of goes true. away, and then you just realize how fleeting emotions and thoughts are and that you really aren't those things and uh, that was also a pretty big game changer Mm -hmm. easy to forget and I think that's why presence is very hard with people because we naturally tie ourselves to labels thoughts and emotions but when you're able to practice presence you see firsthand that that's not really the case and then that kind of leads to a whole set other secondary and tertiary like positive effects that happen when you when you get to experience that firsthand
0: well that's that's a good point about the thoughts and emotions because I've had I've had plenty of thoughts and then I had to stop myself and say and I think something you brought up before is that just cuz we have just cuz we have thoughts doesn't mean they're right. Mm-hmm. Our own thoughts can be wrong to ourselves. Like we can think wrong things to ourselves. Things that are wrong for us, we can think about those. And and I've caught myself plenty of times having thoughts or even just like you said too much imagination like going down the trail of then this happens and what if this happens and what if that happens. And, and I catch myself like, dude, what do you even, do? <laughs> like, you're, you know, you made a whole scenario and you built up all this energy on something that didn't even happen and it wasn't even going to happen actually, but you just kind of use it like a mental exercise to think, <laughs> right. something to think about, you know, and that it, I need to be reminded that shit all the time because it is, it is something that's not really like. Yeah, who's practicing that in school? You know, who's like, "Hey guys, I right, we're going to I guess there's like a moment of silence." So, yeah, it's even seen as like a morbid thing, like a moment of silence. You only only give yourself moments of silence when you're upset.
1: <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it's Yeah, every day we could be doing that. Right. I mean, I I equate meditation to like just as practical as like brushing your teeth. Um and Definitely. It's just it's definitely. just something to do and speaking of like children and all that, you I think things that are pretty neat um, to observe, and even maybe ties to your nature analogies, like you could observe it in other things to show to see how like social conditioning ends up changing that over time. So I think a lot of I'm assuming a lot of animals are probably present because they're not thinking about you know they're not worried about the job or the, you know worried about you know what he or she mm-hmm. thinks of me, you know they're just kind of living you know in the moment. And then I also speaking of like school, I see I see with really young kids, like you know just a yeah. few years old. You know, when they're having, like, the time of their life at just, like, playing around with, like, a cardboard box or just <laughs> geeking out, like, laughing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think th- there's a lot you can learn from really little young kids, too, because their their minds mm-hmm. haven't been conditioned. True. And I think they're naturally present. But then that goes away over time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can dig that. And I think... I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I just want to touch on presence a little bit, but I think we're really killing it. I was going to say about, you know, about, like, and I think of the little kids, like, they're so interested in what they're doing, and and if you're telling them a joke, like, they're so serious about it that they want to know the end of it. Uh, And I I wonder if it's because, I don't think it's because they have other stuff that they're not getting to, like, as if they're simple-minded, you know what I mean? They only have one thing to think about. But, uh, but it's, like, setting priorities, and and they might be thinking, you know, wow, I really gotta know what the hell this joke is. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the kid's not saying hell, but, you know, and, and uh, so maybe presence is also, like, being being dedicated, I don't want to say dedicated to an outcome, but, you know, you want to see something through. I want to be present. I want to be here as it keeps going.
1: Yeah, I want to take it all in. I want to appreciate, you know, what's in front of me, and I think that's why it's almost like sometimes when I'm present, especially if I'm outside or something, I sometimes I get a little sense of, like, childlike wonder when I'm like, man, look at those, like, trees. Mm. Like, look at the colors on those leaves. or. Yep how the sun is shining yeah, on the, you know, there, there's something like when you notice just little things that almost kind of rekindles that like little spirit that, you know, many people might lose over time. But uh, so that's yep. where I see some yep. similarities yeah. and why I think it's always important to have, you know, a degree of being childlike. And uh, I think a lot of that ties to not losing presence or making sure that it's still a part in your, of your life in some capacity, if not the majority of the time. Mm-hmm.
0: And now, And now, what do you think, and uh, this could get us into the next topic. Actually, what do you think, or what are some downsides of the opposite way of not being present? Is there, you know, are there some outcomes, or uh, is there anything in particular, or you know, any like reactions that can happen as as we prolong over time not being present? Always wanting to be somewhere else.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, I could even say that's something I still, you know, battle with and, you know, got to watch out for, um, as well as what I've seen in some others, but, you know, I could even just use myself as an example. Um, I think Mm -hmm. if you lose being present presence, um, you, you can get just lost in your head a little bit. You can end up creating so much needless suffering, whether it's, you know, ruminating on things, thinking about the past, imagining uh, something in the future and just getting so lost Mm -hmm. in your own head that, um, you create all this suffering because you think it's such a big deal. Because you, you again, you associate yourself with uh, right. your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts. Um, so I think that that can be a watch out where you can totally get down this, you know, spiral. Um, and you got to sort of mm-hmm. like you need to get, you need to be present so you can kind of like come up for air a little bit, take some altitude and perspective on it um, before you know maybe naturally diving back in. Um, I think another thing so, is pr- just so oh, go ahead. Presence
0: is also. Is also uh, like you said, taking this air away and looking at a situation for what for all what's there, as opposed to how we're feeling about it. Is that what you're trying to say?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's important to be try to be present. Ideally, you know, most if not all the time, if you can. I mean, obviously, there are times to think and not and all that. But uh, I think -hmm. even if you're, and you know, for the question, I think it was if you're not present at all, you know, even just having it a little bit in your life is sort of like coming up for air a little bit and being able to put Mm -hmm. proper perspective on things, reset. And then you can dive back right, in right. if you want. But, um, you know, some other things I, I consider too as consequences are is just being, unco- you know, unconscious. So uh, kind of mm. not being on autopilots. Oh, my. Not knowing yeah, why you're doing f- what you're doing. You're just kind of going right, through the I motions. a funny
0: autopilot. Um, I got a funny autopilot story for you. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. And that's right, which is, this is like the antithesis of being present is autopilot. Mm-hmm. And unconscious. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we could link those together, and we would, and you know, in the in our newer in our modern thinking, we also we say awake or ascend, and awake and asleep, and a pre someone who's present is awake, someone who's asleep is unconscious. They're not, they're 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 not there. You know, there's not someone behind the door. Yeah. But anyways. Uh autopilot story this girl I was dating matt you know or uh she moved she wanted to moved here mm-hmm. but she walks out of this store and we were you know we were in an area that's like it's not necessarily dangerous but it's somewhere where you wanna be aware you wanna see what's going on, just see who, who else is around make sure no one's having a bad day <laughs> you know and and you just wanna be aware and uh, and I took it for granted that she was an i thought they would be an aware person and we walk out of the store and she's trying to send a message on her phone so she's kind of looking down on the phone which is ironic cuz what we were talking about before and uh and as she walks out of the damn store there's somebody walking down the sidewalk already and I saw them as soon as I exited the store I already saw them and they were walking in a path and she kind of stops she's like looking down she gets directly in this guy's path and stands there while she finishes looking up what she wanted to look up and I was like Hey, this is the guy. And I go to, yeah, and, like, literally she walked in front of this dude's stride, and he had to push her aside. And I was like, hey, you can't, look where you're going, man. You just walked in front of this guy. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows? What if he, you know, what if he just got back from a bad argument? And, you know, who know What could happen here? Like, pay attention. Don't walk into people. They're, they're, he was already on his way. I saw him before, you, you know, before we left the store. He's already on his path. Like, be aware of what's going on around you. And she was kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. and i and i was just like really how can you not and for me i took it for granted that that's what i do i like to observe and be present you know and uh she was kind of on the autopilot at that moment yeah and i mean which
1: happens which happens all the time you know but yeah i mean i think and again not just because you're on the phone doesn't mean you're always on autopilot but it is easy it's like an outward symptom to see you know when a lot of people are on it um but even then, if there was no phone around, just like the farmer way back when, you could still certainly be on mm-hmm. autopilot or, or seeing but not having the vision. And it's just not maybe as easily noticeable, unlike what you saw. Cons- right. You know, she had the physical phone that you yeah. see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, that's a good, good kind of example there. And, you know, the last thing I would say as far as potential consequences or drawbacks of not being present is what we touched on earlier, which is, you know, having kind of erratic or shaky you know energy or um mm. you know kind of just your being because if if you're not present you then may if you're feeling shitty you're going to feel shitty or if something external happens some stimulus you know makes you feel good mm-hmm. but then it goes away you feel shitty or you know it, it it can be up and down like a roller coaster and uh that that right. and especially when it's something that's external it's be- completely beyond your control so that can be a risk there because then your happiness is too shaky you're you're depending on other mm. things to help dictate that and it's just not something that is steady eddy um because presence is something oh. you can do on your own so that, that that's another benefit.
0: yeah there you go exactly presence is we have the equipment to do it right now
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and, and we're not you know we're not waiting for something else we're not waiting to get stronger we're not doing anything it's like we can all do it right now
1: yeah absolutely we're all programmed to have it so it's that that Again, it takes back kind of like stoicism, Marcus Aurelius, focus on what you can control. So if you can take that, have that Mm -hmm. power, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be more unshakable if something external happens.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and I think, and you know, what I was teasing out of you earlier and what you definitely brought up is that the less present we are, the the less conscious and uh, aware if we're on autopilot, the more likely we'll be unhappy the more the higher the likelihood of stress you know not to say that when you're present everything is great in your whole life but the farther away we get from that present moment and and being in the moment that existing how we can because all we have is the present moment so it's not like we can say be in the present moment because you can't be in another moment i guess you can remember stuff but anyways that is the farther you are away from that the less happy the more stressed but we'll just say like happiness so so uh what i want to get into next is about happiness and and basically like struggle and happiness and a friend asked me this for a while he was like you know what is what was what would you describe struggling what would you describe as pain in life like uh, you know what is, is is there a merit to pain and this idea of like a martyr is uh you know, that's like phew, the big world religions are loving the martyrs type <laughs> where it's like you have to go through this pain in order to get to a great outcome. And I don't really buy into that shit because yeah, you you do got to go through hard times to get anything cuz everything that's worth it costs something. But I don't really dig when it when they make it out to a martyr as if this person uh is kind of is kind of like has no control over their destiny and uh and they just have to go through suffering from whoever the hell told them because you know. But if you look back at this idea and it's big in India and Hinduism and Buddhism are probably the the originators of this idea where it's like going through trials, you know, aestheticism where they're just in the woods not eating, yep. not drinking, just being under the sunlight. Uh but even further back into that idea a lo- there was a lot of there was a lot of kind of programming that the British who were controlling India for almost a thousand years they were giving them some programming too like hey suffering is noble and that's the master telling the slave hey it's great to be to suffer because it make you stronger in the end you know and uh, I mean that could be a true statement but uh, there's also kind of like a there's also a malicious, there's something malicious in there, which is why I'm not into the martyr thing. But anyways, if we're, if we're, he asked me this in the context of, of India, you know, and he's like, what do you think, what is suffering? And, uh, and I thought about it for that day. And I, and I, you know, I wanted to say all types of stuff. What, you know, that's a big ass concept of what suffering is. And I thought about it and thinking even further this is what I said to him. I said. Suffering is the distance between where you think your life should be and where your life thinks your life should be. So, so there's these there's these two parties in your life, and there's even more. There's one you, us, our thoughts, like the this m- the voice that everybody's hearing now, our name. You know, I'm Giovanni. It's like that's uh, that's me, and I have different things of where I think my life should be. You know, I think wild shit where my life should be cuz that's just good imagination and also I know you know I know what I have and I know where I'm my trajectory now the further this concept gets away from what will actually happen let's say let's say uh well I'll just I'll just stay on this line for a second the farther away my imagination and where I think my life should be and what I think should happen next and how I think things should end up as that drifts away into into wherever I take it, and to not where non-presence takes it, actually, there's also this second part, which is your life, and and I would say, and I'm using the word life like a, with a capital L, as in a, a an entity, your life being its own whole thing, which has thought, and your life because it is the the con- is the continuum, it's the whole spectrum of you. It it kind of knows where you're going and what you're headed up to. And this kind of falls a little into destiny and stuff. We won't touch on that. But, you know, where your life will end up, we can write that down. Like By the time it's over, we can totally write that down as a thing. And where, at each moment, we thought where our life should be. And if we drew a line between those, this is where I should be. Me and the, me currently thinking of all the cool shit that I should have. And where I'm, what's actually happening to me which is I went to work and came home and cooked dinner, (laughs) you know, and so, so that distance, and this is what I was trying to express to him, is that I think suffering is just how unpresent we are, it's how far away from that concept of what I'm, what I'm, what what is the next moment in my life gonna be, we can imagine it, we can suppose it, and then, but our life knows it, so that life can see it, because it's it, and, uh, and so I guess by lowering that distance, by becoming more real, more in tune with what is happening now, being present, understanding what is happening to me, one, accepting it, and then saying, okay, well, it's kind of headed this way. It's kind of headed that way. Like this in the past, you know, it's kind of headed this way. And, uh, and then we can, we can get closer to that get closer to where our life wants us to be. And I think that will lower, will increase happiness, like an equation for happiness.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, there's several ways to kind of dissect what you said, but in general, I think, yeah, presence, I mean, is I think the answer to so many different things because when you are present, then you're there's nothing to even really compare it to. You're, and you're not even, your mind isn't even, Thinking about what that expectation is or what that future or past was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that is tough for uh, some people to perhaps wrap their heads around. And certainly it took me some time to realize it is that when you're present, your your mind, ideally, is still not like chattering. Or if it is a little bit, you're just letting it go. So when you really are mm. present, you, there's nothing even to compare. All it is, everything just is. And you're just being. So... I think that right, it can really right. be the tool for anything. And again, it gives you so much power. Like, you could have the worst tragedy ever happen to you that was completely unexpected, maybe a loss of a loved one or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if you're actually really present, then, th- you know, that unhappiness goes away because there's nothing, you're not comparing about what should or shouldn't be. So right, right. it really is a powerful tool. Um,
0: yeah, I think it doesn't make it easier necessarily, mm-hmm. but it will help, it It will, you'll be able to get through it, and you'll be able to, uh, like, be able to calm yourself as you go through it, doesn't mean it's gonna make the situation easier, and, uh, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, like, you can be extremely present during a really fucked up situation, and all, and I've experienced this, where all I could do was be present, and it didn't make it any better it was totally shitty but i kept going through it because i was a, i was being present i wasn't thinking about what does this mean yet i wasn't thinking about where did this come from i was just being present and i had to get that experience and it that all i was thinking of was just be here just keep just keep being here don't try to go anywhere else and just this is what's happening that damn that sucks Mm -hmm. Okay, just I'm still here. I'm still I I keep track of what's happening. Notice what's happening. What time is, you know, where am I at when this is happening? What what is all happening? And just at that moment, that's all that's the only thing we could really do. It doesn't make it easier, but it'll help you get through it for sure.
1: Yeah. And the last thing I'd add to that, when you mentioned suffering, there's a quote that I like that it goes something along the lines of pain is optional or No pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. So there's sort of like that distinction where again you might be in pain, but it doesn't mean you have to suffer for it. Because when you you know that definition assumes that you know suffering is you making more meaning out of it. Like it can hurt. You can be in pain. Exactly. But the suffering is when you put a label on it. You're not present. And that's my point of the martyr too.
0: Is that this you know this suffering with a noble cause? It's like no, it's making us focus on suffering. That's not what we should, yeah, we're going to have to go through suffering, but we don't want to to bring suffering to us, And you know, that's just, that's kind of silly.
1: So, Gina, what would you recommend, um, you know, for the last, like, few minutes or 10 minutes or so, what would you, rec- how would you, like, I think we've, we've talked a bit about the different benefits of why you should be present, what happens when you're not, um, and a little bit of kind of what that looks like, but... How would mm-hmm. you recommend myself and maybe others to to incorporate more presence in their life you know, to to build that habit or mindset?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think something really cool that you mentioned earlier that I like to do a lot too is to have this childlike wonder about stuff, and you just look at something as if you just saw it for the first time, and it doesn't mean act like a dumbass, you uh-huh. know, but but uh. Being able to appreciate basic, simple shit that hopefully it does make you happy. Like, I'm not I'm not pretending to be happy when I see the sun come out and make a really cool color or something. I'm actually super excited about it, and I found the joy in, in this little thing that I get to see. Or walking down, and you just see some trees, and you're like, wow, this leaf? You know what? I think I actually want to take one and see what it looks like, and now I'm looking at it, and I, you know... So I think being able to enjoy what is around us, it, it, that that's a really good skill, and maybe even maybe even just cataloging what I think that that's definitely present. Just cataloging what is around you. Like I know my room because I I'm very meticulous with my room. It's super clean, and I have a lot of weird little things, but they all have their own space, and they all have their own place to be at, and I know where they all are at. And and because of that, I'm kind of I'm in harmony with my whole room because I know where things are at. I'm present in my room. I know which part of my room I am. I know if I want to go, and and get a certain thing, I know where it's at in my room. So having like a or, kind of like a orderliness and and observing things, I think that's a pretty good skill to be present. I, I think I think when meditating, I also it is. It is about being present for me, but it's also about organizing my mind and maybe like disorganizing or wait, deassembling, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Organizing the clutter out. You know, like getting the clutter out of there is organizing it to a clean, like simple thing. I got, you know, one thought. My my breathing is good. Uh, I think I think that could help finding the joy. Like I want to share another little joy story I had. I had, uh, oh, pre- this is great on all fronts, right, I had a staff, and, uh, I found this staff, it's been with me for, like, seven or eight years, you know, seven or eight years since I started doing this energy work, and, uh, and I was in a present moment, I was in, you know, doing my, uh, doing my thing out in the, out in the park, and, uh, and I'm moving the staff in a certain rhythm, and I go to put it in the ground, which is, completely routine, it snaps in half. And now I could have been completely upset, but I took the present, I took the present mind and said, oh, oh no. I just said no. And then I kept doing what I was doing. I put it aside really quickly and I kept doing what I was doing. I finished my maneuver and then I I, I looked at it and said, wow, this just happened. (laughs) Mm-hmm. cool, that's it, that's the next, like, that happened, that's it, and I kept, and I kept it moving, I didn't start to get upset about the lost time, you know, that I'll never see that, I, I had a lot, great connection with that staff, anyways, I take it, and, and I do want to stress that this was an important piece of wood in my, you know, in my life, like, it helped me through a lot, even though it sounds like just, I would talk to this thing, like, it was with me, you know, and, uh, but at the same time, I was able to let it go, because I, I, it was an omen to me. I took it as an omen that there's bigger guidance helping me, there's more things coming my way, and I gotta give up kind of this thing. It's kinda of like a bridge. It helped me get over a river, but at a certain time I also have to keep going down that path. Anyways, I, I put the I take the staff, it was broken, I had meditated with it a bit. And I put it near a really awesome tree that I love over in the park. And uh and I and I just said a little thank you for the tree as like a gift. I took a little bit of the bark for my own gift. And I turn around, and I just saw one lonely dandelion on the grass right there. And so this is after something that could be completely emotional, you know, I could have been totally heart-wrenched about it, I could have tried to pretend like I could stick it together with glue or something, you know, like, but I-, I let it all go, and because I was so present, I was able to observe that there was a dandelion there, and I picked the dandelion up, Matt, and I blew the whole fucking thing out, so I'm gonna get my wish. You hmm. know... But something as lighthearted as that, where after that's that's definitely not like a diff. You know, it's not like a, a trauma in my life. I broke a staff, but after something difficult like that, to still be light enough to just blow out a f- and play a kid game of blowing out all the petals on a dandelion, you know. And I think keeping things light is all. Uh, maybe light is not right, but it's more like the steady, steady and calm. Like we were saying about more even energy. That's good for being present because then you're even, you're there, you know, and to be able to play a, a little childlike game every now and then to, to look, you know, to mm-hmm. be calm with how how we're moving on. To me, that those are some, some things I think help
1: me be present. That's great. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And yeah, I would echo all of that. Um, again, it can be little mm-hmm. things like I'll do this, you know, after we're done with this call is... Um, when I go wash my hands, I'm going to go pay attention to how the water feels or, uh, you know, look at my hands a little bit more closely. Or if I'm in the car, what, you know, looking at the dashboard and taking closer observation of things that maybe, uh, kind of fall to the wayside or just kind of blend in the background normally. So there are a lot of little things Mm -hmm. you can do. Obviously dedicating time for meditation is huge, but definitely, uh, that does don't let that be a barrier to being present you can be present for five seconds at a time yeah at any given moment oh, you can flip that point. switch on um mm-hmm. whether it's you're feeling stress or not just know hey maybe every a couple hours or so if you can remember it set a reminder have one minute to be present that's a good point be in your body that's feel your point. body breathe observe and that that can be good right and that's still that's
0: still worth it too it's not like you have to do this extreme thing it's just for one minute, one hour, if you can, one second, if you really got to. Mm-hmm.
1: And the thing is, it's so I simple wanted... too. When you actually are present, it's when someone mm-hmm. actually experiences it. It it speaks for itself. There's no more convincing that needs to be done. So really, when people just True. give it a shot, and I that's what happened with me was I experienced it firsthand, and I was like, okay, I don't even need mm-hmm. to hear anything more about why this is important because yeah, I yeah, felt it. Yeah, I definitely. got the evidence. <laughs> so just turn that switch on whenever that light right. on when you can and uh, see for yourself is what i would say
0: yeah i agree with that because it is we're ready to do it right now and the best way to be convinced about it is to experience it like you said because yeah when i did that i was like i don't really need no one even has to tell me anymore how good this shit is i know (laughs) i know it and i want to. and i want to do it more often is my thought now not like i see the benefit it's like can i be doing it more should i be doing it more Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring something up before we go that, uh, you know, you mentioned about present, about being present and noticing these small things or paying attention like the dashboard, you know. Mm -hmm. And I want to bring up another really big thing that hit me is uh, being present will help you notice small, subtle things. Very subtle because it's calm and subtle means calm, relaxed, smooth, right? Now to tie this into the last episode about interacting with the rea- with the reality with the realm and being productive so that the realm can give you answers or give you whatever that the realm could help you when we're present we're more it, it's easier to notice subtle calm basic things and those subtle calm basic things is how is how the kind of... Esoteric force in the universe or cosmos whatever the hell. It's just the realm is speaking in subtle, calm, little things. Every now and then there's a big thunderstorm like I'm seeing now, but it's really calm and subtle. And when we're and when we're present, we can pick up more of this little things. These like small little coincidences, and uh, and I just felt like it was important to say that about now. You know that as we're present. It's also getting us closer again to being real because we can start to see the subtle things that otherwise don't mean anything. But if we're present, we're calm, we understand where we're at and we understand in the context, what does this little subtle thing mean? Like I broke that staff. That was, uh, you know, it's not subtle to me, but the subtle things happening behind it was I had a really strong impulse to bring that staff to the park which I was going to just go to the park, but I, I thought specifically, bring your staff to the park. That was very subtle. It didn't last for more than two seconds of, of a thought in my head. And I made and I, I left actually my room and I got halfway down my building and I was like, oh, I didn't bring my staff. That's the, that was the reason I wanted to, I had to bring my staff to the park is what I knew. I went back up and grabbed it. If I wasn't present, if I was already texting somebody, now we're just gonna, I'm just gonna use that, you know, nothing wrong with texting. If I was texting somebody on the way down the stairs, it might have slipped my mind. I might have walked all the way to the park before I realized, holy shit, you didn't bring the staff, which was the reason you're supposed to come here in the first place, because I was supposed to break my damn staff. That's, you know, and that was a subtle thing that if I wasn't present, I probably wouldn't have picked up on that.
1: Mm. No, that's really nice. It's what beautifully said in terms of, um, being able to connect with the realm, that's a good connection from the last one. Because, again, presence yeah. really underpins. It's a tool we all have, and it uh, it's something mm. we could use to, as a default, and it's something that is going to be very key for not just the first topic we talked about uh, last episode, but you know everything moving forward. Uh, presence is going to be true. a core foundational tool um, to help access and really understand and appreciate those things to improve yourself.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's and that's definitely why we decided to put it in here. And I think it would be nice to, uh, just have ourselves a reminder as well that even doing this recording, you know, I don't have anything else going on. I want to be present in it. Me and you are, are focused on this. And anybody listening to, if you could just, you know, practice being present a little bit and take some time. And if it's just at the end of this recording, at the beginning of it, on our future episodes, you know, and just and and uh, really absorb and absorb what we're about to absorb you know get prepared and and get into that zone and be able to receive or see what's happening or like be inspired or whatever it is more thoughts or like get challenged you know i want to also make sure we take that time ourselves to do that for sure
1: absolutely my friend all right matt got any last words no, I think that's it. It's always a pleasure, sir. And we'll uh, continue to build upon this. And let's uh, make sure that we sh- stay present as often as we can.
0: Right. Because there's a lot of things trying to make us not present. That's for damn show. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, thank you, Matt. You know, I want to thank myself, thank the reality, and thank electricity, which we get to <laughs> use. <laughs> thank the power of speech, you know, small, subtle thing. All right. All right. Until next time, guys. Peace.